I'm sure all of you are waiting for something. Most of us, many times of our life, are waiting, waiting for God to give us direction, waiting for Him to intercede in somebody's life, um, relationships, uh, you name it. So we're all going to be waiting. God just doesn't drop the answer or do what we want right away. He's going to require us to wait. Why? Refocus us, right? What did he do for Abraham? That's right. He. This is why I review, guys. Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> That's a good answer. Um, what does he do? What did he do to Abraham? What did he do to us? He made him wait. He made him wait. Why does he? If we're going to live an obedient life before the Lord, we're going to have to learn to wait. That's a requirement for His people, His children. So we're talking about wait, waiting. Why? Why did he make Abraham wait? What was Abraham's focus? You said refocus. Well, Abraham was focused on what? He, God wants, through everything he does, it's all about our relationship with him. He's, and the more we know him, the, the happier we are, the more. Right. You know, and so it's all about um, if, we can, if I can focus on God during the waiting, um, then my relationship increases. It's just not easy, it's awful, mm -hmm. it's hard, but then it helps us to relate to other people who are coming along or are younger than us. So mm -hmm. Abraham could encourage other people. Right. So there's a purpose. There's a purpose there's for a the purpose. waiting. And you, you, you touched on it. What did he have to do to Abraham? Well, Abraham's heart was, at times, what? what did Abraham have any idols? What when was, in his life. <laughs> what's that? When in his life. Right. What was Abraham's big idol? So God comes and says, here's my promise. <clears throat> then Abraham, he latched onto the promise, right? And that became his idol. Oh. A son. Yeah. A, that's, my, that's, that's the promise became the idol. So God has to remove idols. He has to purify our hearts. So during the waiting, he's going to purify our heart. And going back to what Car uh, Carmel said is that we are in the process of developing this relationship. The biggest <coughs> part of all of this is that he wants our heart. He wants this intimate relationship with us. So he has to purify our heart. He uses waiting. And during that waiting, he's going to remove any idols. What else is he going to do during that waiting? <clears throat> Abraham thought he could do it on his own, right? He's going to remove our independence. So we become totally dependent on him. He's going to remove our purposes, our plans, and align them with his. Okay, so he's purifying our heart, doing those three things. What else is he doing? Remember, this is a relationship. So he's getting rid of anything in me that's not right. And then what a relationship. You, right, he's got to show himself to you. If this is a relationship, i got to know who I'm in a relationship with. He's going to reveal himself. And he did that through, we see it in Abraham all the time. He showed how much he loved him, he chose him, he provided for him, he protected him. He showed him his sovereignty, his patience, his faithfulness when Abraham wasn't faithful, his kindness. When he was revealing who he was to Abraham over and over and over, he does that to us while we wait. <clears throat> the third thing that he will do, and this is again is sort of showing us an aspect of him, but he'll provide for us during the waiting. We saw how um, he provided for Abraham over and over and over. Protection, deliverance, 
you name it, in the end, he actually exalted Abraham in the midst of his enemies or the foreigners. So he will purify us, he'll reveal himself, he'll provide for us during the waiting. The provision is sort of him revealing his love to us. All right, so then we went on to say, okay, I know what God's going to do to me, why I'm waiting. So if somebody asks you, why are you waiting, you can say, why does God require us to wait? He's purifying my heart. He's showing me who he is. He's building this relationship. <clears throat> the next thing is, why does God want you, or excuse me, what does God want you to do during the waiting period? And that's when we went to Psalms 62, because David had to wait. David had to wait over and over and over. Given the promise around 15, that he's going to be king, he ran for his life for the next 15 years, essentially, um, and finally became king. <clears throat> So we learn from David what to do during the waiting. Remember Psalm 62? You guys remember that? I have the NIV version, but my soul finds rest in God alone, or my soul waits for God alone. My salvation comes from Him. He alone is my rock. He alone is my rock and my salvation. Is that He alone? Is that important, He alone? He is my fortress. I will never be shaken or I will not be moved. And he goes on to say, How long will you assault the man? Would all of you throw him down this leaning wall, this tottering fence? They fully intend to topple him from his lofty place. They take delight in lies. With their mouths they bless, but in their hearts they curse. David gives you a glimpse of what he was going through. And then he says, Find, in verse 5, Find rest, O my soul. And God alone, or my soul waits silently for God alone. My hope or my expectation come from Him. He alone is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will not be shaken. I will not be moved. My salvation and my honor depend on God. He is my, my mighty rock, my refuge. Trust in Him at all times, O people. Pour out your hearts to Him, for God is our refuge. And then down in verse 11, one thing God has spoken, two things I have heard, that you, O God, are strong, or that power belongs to you, O God, and that you, O Lord, are loving. Steadfast love belongs to you. Surely you will reward each person according to what he has done. So David's giving us a glimpse into his heart during his waiting time, and we learned from that. And I was, I was reviewing, so when I asked this question next time, what are the actions? So waiting is an active process. This isn't, oh, I'm just sitting back, just doing nothing, you know, watching my shows and expecting God to intervene. No, waiting is, waiting is an active process. So we know, it, and it, it's interesting, when I was going through this, it's basically what we're, the whole theme of this, stop, seek, trust, obey, and protect. But what we do during, what is our action during the waiting period? We have to seek Him. Okay, we hear in Psalm 62 this whole process of what David, David is saying. He is pouring out his heart to God. He's waiting for God. He's putting, him in the, he's putting himself in the position where my focus, my attention is on you. So during the waiting period, we have to seek him. We bring our spirit in communion with his and pour out our heart to him. This isn't a one-time thing, right? We said we have to persist. This is something we do persistently. We seek him. Okay, uh, it requires discipline. If you don't have the discipline, you got to pray for it. It doesn't happen automatically. 
The next thing we need to do, and he says it flat out, trust in him at all times, O oh people. Pour out your hearts to him. So the next thing is, is trust. What do we trust? So I'm waiting for God. What am I trusting? That he's going to do everything the way I want him to do it? That he's going to bring about exactly what I want? So that's my trust. My trust is in what he's going to give me. Trust is in what? That he is sovereign. Um, he has a purpose in it, and he is with us. Who Absolutely. What's that? Who he is. Right. <coughs> We're trusting in him, and, and exactly what Carmel said. We know I can trust him because he's sovereign. Because he's good. He's got my best interest. So we're trusting not in the outcome. That's where people get thrown off. And they'll actually abandon their faith. Because they're trusting God to give them this. And they're reading their Bible. Oh yes, they are. And they're living a, an obedient life. But they're trusting God for the outcome. What did he, Abraham had to be realigned, right? Abraham's whining and complaining, and God had just said, Abraham, I'm your reward. It's me. It's not the promise. It's me. So we're trusting in God himself, not the outcome. The outcome is the Lord's. I was reading uh, John's Gospel the other day, and, um, or listening to it, rather, and uh, at one point Jesus criticizes the uh, crowds. You know, they're bickering with him about you know this or that and he says well I know you don't have the love of God in your heart you know and mm -hmm. it's like you know what I mean and for all that waiting for all that struggling you know what I mean they had forgotten exactly you know, God loved them and right. so they couldn't see the gift you know right. standing in front of them exactly that's a very good point and most of the time at, at least one part or other or maybe throughout many Christians lives they're living for something in this life they feel they've got to get something out of this life. And God's saying, I'm, I'm it. They're living a very self-centered life. It's like, God, you're here to bless me and fulfill what I want. <coughs> instead of a life that's totally submitted and surrendered to Christ. We're supposed to be blessing him. Right. We're, we live for him. You're not going to always get what you want, but he's always going to give you what you need. Right. He's the perfect father. And um, so we have to remember that. And I don't want us thrown off, off course as we, as we say trust in him. He's saying I'm trusting. What does he say? Um, trust in him, right? In him. It's not in what he's going to get me. David wasn't saying I'm trusting that I'm going to be king. Although he knew that, he was trusting in God to do his will. So be very careful where and that's and John mentioned refocus. He's refocusing us, refocusing us during the waiting onto Him. It's about Him, not the end result. All right. So remember that as we trust Him, um, we're trusting in Him and His promises, and this is what anchors us. My trust is in Him, not what I can do, not what she can do, not what's going to happen there. My trust is totally and completely in Him. All right? Remember, remember that. Um, all right. And I put this down here. And I, we talked about it briefly last time. Why can I have such trust? And you guys hit on this, but this is what David says. One thing God has spoken, two things I have heard. David's reminding himself, and we need to remind himself, that you 
O God, are strong, or that all power belongs to you. So if I, I can trust the Lord when I realize that all power belongs to him. He reigns over everything. He is the ruler. He is sovereign. And then what does he say? So it's his love, and then he says that, or I mean his power, and then he says that, and that you, O Lord, are loving. Steadfast love belongs to you. I can trust a God who loves me and can do nothing but love me. He never makes a mistake. He's never wrong. He's right and just in everything he does. I can trust him. Why? Because he has the power to bring about everything he wants to do out of his love. All right? So remember that we're trusting in who he is and his promises of who he is, not the outcome. Another point. You know, when God reappears in Abraham's life after 13 years, you're just so happy with Ishmael. And there's like this quiet period, you know what I mean? All right. And he was all love. You know, all right. happy, going hunting, right. whatever he's doing with Ishmael. But God reappears and says, walk before me. Yeah. And be blameless. So it was, you know, wherever his eyes were, whatever his focus was on, you know, there's something better mm -hmm. and richer and deeper right. than whatever it is that I can take out of this world. Mm -hmm. That, you know, refocusing. Right. Exactly. So remember that the focus on saying the third thing is obedience. We we see a little bit from this uh, from this psalm, but he tells us over and over in the psalms. And we'll get we'll get onto that in our next in our attitude. But when I say obedience, um, remember the story I briefly told you how you know for seven years I dated my wife and I you know I wanted to run out. No, this isn't what I want. God, just let's be done with it for her sake, my sake. You know, too much strain, stress, my family, all over. And he's saying, wait, wait, wait. I'd, I would not hear him say wait if I wasn't going to him every day, reading his scripture. That was where I got my strength and my direction. But the impression from the word on me was wait. So then it comes time to make the decision about where to go to medical school. And so I'm seeking God, you know, hey, where do, should I go to medical school? This is so important, so important. And God is saying, you're not obeying me. You're not obeying what I've already told you to do. Obey that. So critical during the waiting period is to obey what he's already telling us to do. Maybe something totally unrelated. Remember, the primary purpose is God and our relationship. It's not getting what we want in the end. So it's the relationship. So if something's hindering you, if he's saying you must obey me in this situation, we need to obey. So obey what you already know during the waiting period. And that may be his general, Rick prayed about it, I mean, his general revealed will. I mean, my harboring ill wills or unforgiveness and my bitter, um, is there something in my life? And we're not perfect and God understands it, but we address it. We bring it up with the Lord and say, Lord, I know this isn't right. Help me. Let me get over this with your power and your strength. We don't ignore it and then go to God and expect him to answer and intervene in some other area. So during the waiting period, we must obey what we already know. I just said loving, forgiving, serving, submitting, all these things um, are important. Next thing. So this is, I gave you an acronym. So when I ask, what are the actions to take? Well, you wait. I'm going to store this up, okay? So I remember it. We're going to seek him. We're going to trust him. We're going to obey him. We're going to remain. Another area where we get into trouble while we're waiting is we don't remain in our current position. 
we, we, we're frustrated. They're not moving fast enough. This isn't happening. And we want to jump ahead. We want to make something happen. We want to manipulate the circumstance. We don't remain. And he says over and over, he says, The Lord is my fortress. I will never be shaken. I will not be moved. They wanted to move David off his path. Probably his, his, his buddies are saying, Come on, just kill Saul. Get it over with. Take the kingdom. The guys that hate him say, Get out of here. You're never going to be king. You know, but David said, I'm going to remain. I'm going to remain because I know, I know the promise the Lord's given me. And he's the one that I'm seeking. So he, he remains in his current position confidently, letting nothing move him off course. And we ask the question, why? Why could he remain on course? I sort of answered it. Whose course is it? It's the Lord's course. It's the Lord's course. Who's sovereign over everything? The Lord. Who loves me? I can remain confidently. I remember when... Um, I decided to get out of professional basketball and pursue something else, um, which I thought was medicine. And so I did some requirements and applied and didn't get in. And so I said, okay, Lord, I'm pretty sure this is what you want me to do. You know, this is what you've impressed upon me. Um, so I applied again and didn't get in. So now I left a career that I had always wanted, being obedient to God, and nothing's happening. And I have the steadfastness that I'm, I knew what the Lord said, so I'm remaining, but around me, people are getting so nervous. What are you going to do? you got to do something. You can't just live at home all your life. Well, a little bit my parents, but they knew the path I was on. But it, it happened, you know, a lot of other people or other people had such expectations from me. And then they were making up all these things. Oh, you just want to be the coach of this college team. I'm like, no. no but there's a lot of outside pressure. But you can remain confident in what the Lord is telling you because it's his course. I didn't set out to say, I'm going to be a doctor and that's it. This is my plan. No, Gina knows. I had no intention of being a doctor. Through seeking him, etc., that led to me going down that path so I could remain confident because it wasn't my course. It's God-directed course. So I'm going to remain steadfast. We have to remain steadfast. Um, the last thing I put on here, because I knew we needed something to remember this, Carmel, I put an E there. <laughs> We haven't talked about the E, but um, I put express thanksgiving while you're waiting. Okay, express thanksgiving. Why can we express thanksgiving? Thank you. So this is, yeah, I try to remember to be grateful. And one of the little, little things I tell myself is the things I'm grateful for today will still be here tomorrow. The things I, you know, the things I treasure today, I'll take care of and love and Mm -hmm. Nurture, you know what I mean, and be a blessing too. And and it's a way of it's a way of of staying focused today, walking before God today, you know, and and remembering, and, you know, and it's that it's it's uh, I think like gratitude is you know one of the the more spiritual of all the qualities, you know right. what I mean. No matter what the situation, regardless of the situation, regardless, right? Intent in all circumstances, you know what mm -hmm. I mean, and, and uh, so I'm just looking to right. So remember, while you're waiting, express thanksgiving, because we know the God we're waiting upon. Do you want God to be good to you? 
Who in here doesn't want God to be good to them? Do you know what it says? And we'll get to it. But Lamentations. Lamentations 3. Now you're in heavy water. Now you're in deep water. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. If you want God to be good to you, listen to this. Lamentations 3.25. The Lord is good to those who wait upon Him. Those whose hope is in Him. To the one who seeks Him. That's a promise, right? Do you want the Lord to be good to you? Amen. Well, I'm going to wait upon Him. And I'm going to put my hope in Him. So the Lord is good to those so we can express thanksgiving. Hey, I'm waiting upon God. He's going to be good to me. He's going to act on my behalf. Just backing up to the remaining, mm -hmm. using your basketball to medicine. Mm -hmm. Technically, you left basketball. Mm-hmm versus remaining in there. Is that more because trading and busyness or I'm trying to figure it out because you felt called to medicine mm -hmm. but you still left basketball. Mm -hmm. Great question. So I felt called to basketball too. Interesting that everybody wants to be a pro player obviously as a kid but as I sought the Lord I said is this what you want me to do with my life and I went through many trials and tribulations in California when I was playing out there and I wanted to leave and again the Lord saying wait don't leave because I didn't need it again I, I didn't need things of this world I didn't need whatever basketball was giving me and um, again I was seeking the Lord I knew I needed the Lord but he's saying wait 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 and then that's when he brought about the better opportunity to go to LSU because I waited I didn't jump ship I didn't bail out that's when I met my lovely wife who I had to wait seven more years. but um, So what happened was, and this is the way he's going to work practically, is so as I, I'm following that lead to be a professional athlete, and again, nobody said no, but I just, the Lord just impressed upon me, I want you in this career. So everybody was like, no, you're not even playing for University of California Irvine, you're on the bench, you're doing nothing. How is this going to happen? There's no way it's going to happen. Well, again, I'm saying it's the Lord's promise. I mean, that's what it, it wasn't a promise. It was what I felt him doing to, in my spirit. So I just remained on the path. I stayed there. He provided a better opportunity. Went to LSU, was drafted to play professionally in CBA. And then, again, I don't want this about me at all. This is all about the Lord. So everything I'm speaking, I want you to be um, focused on the Lord, how he works. But he, this is, he'll change your desires. Remember, Gina, I was like, I don't what I invested my whole life in doing, my whole ultimate goal was to be in the NBA, but that was my goal. He never said that, just play professionally. And he changed my heart. I was having no desire to play. There was nothing in me that wanted to do this. And I could sense in my soul there was something changing direction. So it was out of obedience. And that's why, for seeking him daily, yes, I left basketball. I didn't remain there. I did remain there. I remained there many more years than I thought I would as he pruned and purified and, and sifted me. And then, um, out of obedience, I left. And that obedience was not, nothing happened right away. That's what I'm saying. Two or two years, I tried to get into medical school and didn't. And then I'm wondering what's going on. All right, but confidently following the Lord from, he'll build on what you're learning and what you have learned. That strengthens your faith. So when the next trial comes around, you're like, no, I know how God works. I know how he works in my heart. So I'm going to follow that. So um, when you were um, 
waiting and or at home and you and God put on your heart to do the um, medical school. How do you deal with that? Because your parents, I mean, I would imagine, you know, I mean, they were they're Christian. Did you feel like did Gina help you, or where did you get your support for having parents that were? See, all while all this was going on, my my mother in particular was not in really favor of this relationship. So I had the burden of that going on too. So you had that? What, what did you, did Gina um, encourage you? How did you, what did, because I find, um, I mean, up until, I don't know, four years ago, I was ve- I felt very alone mm-hmm. in my journey. And, I, and God sent people to encourage me, but I still felt, like when I, when I was with my family, they weren't believers, but I mm-hmm. felt like, what is going on? Why do I feel so ashamed of this? Blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. So, but you had these wonderful parents, mm. and why didn't you think, like, are they like Nathan telling me, like, did you doubt? Did you say, oh, just, or did you want to go to your dad to say, what, what should I do? Tell me. Um, or did you know, did God, like, how did that I happen? Will, I will tell you this, that as you said, I was very alone. Oh, you did feel alone. I had nothing but this. Mm. So you just knew in your heart? I had nothing but this and my God. And not that my, my parents are wonderful. You've met them. They're yeah. fantastic. But it's the same thing. Outside looking in, it's like, this is bizarre. This is crazy. What are you doing? You know, get a job or what, you know, whatever it might be. And I'm saying, I'm waiting on the Lord. And they're like, I mean, they, they, were, they actually were, were encouraging me many years ago to go into medicine. So they probably couldn't say much you know, then. Um, so yes, I was very alone. What about Gene? I wasn't alone though. When, were you guys still relating to each other? Right, but but it was I didn't oh. really want part of this. Oh. Okay. And Gina Gina was growing up in her faith during this, so I don't want this to be all about me. I feel like oh, this is. No, it's but important. you can learn, I guess, learn yeah. learn from from what the Lord has done oh, in yes, my life. Really. Um, I find this to be very um, applicable. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, uh, I think everybody likes it. <laughs> so, Reading, I, I read more of that in the Lamentations, <laughs> talking about. See, a lot of Christians don't realize that he's not. He's they they expect the, the microwave action, something to happen right away, and they don't realize sometimes this is a years process. You, you look at um, Joseph. Joseph mm-hmm. could have he, he could have had the good easy life, being a little boy toy on the side, right, you know, right, like, right, you know, yeah. powerful dudes, you know, right. wife, and he could have had the good life, mm-hmm. but he didn't. Mm-hmm. He ended up going for God's thing. I mean, you look at, you read that chapter of Lamentations there, I mean, that's Joseph. He just, he mm-hmm. was taking it, taking it, bam, 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 getting beat down, yeah. left in jail to rot, right. kept faithful. <laughs> Right. Even in jail. I mean, mm-hmm. there wasn't much he could do at that mm-hmm. point. Uh, he didn't have much of a choice, but he still kept his faith in God. And then, boom, it did. It came to fruition years later. Right. Not wow. a few days later and could say, oh, hallelujah, praise be. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I, I went through two weeks of, oh, God just put me through the right. ringer. Oh, man. I mean, this he went through. Right. Many, many years. years. Like then, Moses, Moses on the backside of the desert. <laughs> <laughs> but we saw Moses for 40 years on the backside of the desert. We see Joseph in prison, you name it. Mm-hmm. Um, but all the while, what is he doing? It goes back to what is God doing? He's 
pruning us. He's purifying this relationship, and it's in preparation for you know His glory, His service, His glory. Oh, so Joseph had his dreams to hold on to. Moses had you know God talking mm-hmm. to him. But so here's my question: Is that did and is there anywhere in the Bible that Joseph like? I mean, he turned off turned off these momentary, I mean, you know, Potiphar's wife was, you know, right, right. after him, and maybe he could have thought humanly, hey, I bang her, you know, we kill yeah. him, and, you know, whatever. Like, how? <laughs> <laughs> That's I'm blunt. thinking like Hamlet. Macbeth. <laughs> <laughs> Macbeth. Yeah, but so, yeah, but how did he, did he hold, like, because, you know, we look at Joseph, like, how did he have that inner fortitude to to Wait. I think he, he he was he went through like you were talking about the aloneness, mm-hmm. very alone. It was like but you he said. Didn't have any he encouragement. He had his dreams, but he he looked to, um, and what I think, I mean, the script doesn't get as in depth of it, but I'm sure he he just sat there and he really went into the Holy Spirit and had. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he had a closeness to the Holy Spirit, yes. or such a relationship that just really. Right. Fed him and nurtured him while he was going through this ridiculousness. While he's going through the the craziness, I call the ridiculousness. No, God had a plan right. for it, so it wasn't the ridiculousness. It was the pruning, right. the preparing him mm-hmm. for, uh, like taking the vine in for the grapes. You know, mm-hmm. pruning it back so when it right. came time for the fruit to be on the vine, it was it right. was there. Well, so God gave him the Holy Spirit, just well, like he did all these prophets. Carl, here, here's the answer. Here's the answer. And you asked what was with my life and what yeah. was with these life. And it was the answer he gave Abraham. I am your reward. It's him. Uh-huh. So it doesn't matter what's going on around you. Right. It doesn't matter if I ever get the promise. Wow. Because he's the promise. That's the key, right? That's the key. And he, he makes us wait to realign us, to get to that depth of maturity and that deep of a relationship that it's just God. It's all about him. In the end, it's all Jesus. And he's using these circumstances and situations in our life to get us to that point. Now, yes, there's going to be service that comes out of that, absolutely, and benefit to, to other people. But that's the answer. It's him. And Joseph loved him, and he wanted to obey him and live his life for him. Moses, it just goes down the way. It's, it's because of him, and it doesn't matter. And you go to the martyr and say, well, why would the martyr, you know, Jesus, you're giving up your whole life. Well, hopefully it's because it's because he loves Jesus. You know? Individuals, us, us people who can look to the end, we know from God's word what the end is going to be. Mm-hmm. At this point, we just have to get from now to then. We don't know what it's going to be, but if you look at it in reality, sometimes I stop to think and I pull up my mind gets blown. You know, I might have another 30, 40 years or so on, on the earth between now and then. If I live a long life, I won't remember the last five years because Alzheimer's <laughs> runs in my family. But, but the thing is, is that. Um, if we get through that, imagine the next 40 years as compared to 40 millennia. And then, oh, snap, we've just right. begun. Uh, right, where there's no pain, no heartache. So if you can live in light of eternity, 
that's where he wants us, right? It's not this life I'm living for. I'm not living for what I can get from this life. Ease, comfort, pleasure, status, money. I'm living for him, right? Seek ye first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things will be given to you. Delight yourself in him. He'll give you the desires of heart. You know why he'll give her the desires of heart? Because your desire becomes him. As you delight in him, your desires are going to shift. And he's going to become everything you want, everything you need, everything you want to please. No matter what this life throws at you, you're going to be fine. Because it's him I'm after. And he's going to reveal himself in these times. Okay, we haven't even gotten to anything new yet. <laughs> this is this exciting part. Like last night, everybody said, why me? But we made that choice, right? right. We're not robots. We made that choice. Right. And just like what Mark was talking about, there's times in our lives that we're going to be tested, but we, we have the opportunity to make that choice to follow God. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's going to be painful, but in the end, we'll right. see that. Wow, it's God, so worth it, right? Thank you, God. Reason, right. Yeah. Um, okay, so what is the attitude now? So when I talk about what's the actions we're going to take, these are the actions. If you're in the waiting process, which you probably are, these are the actions. Okay, what's the attitude we're to have while we wait? And I just, I'm going to bring you through the scriptures here. Um, what is the C? The C is confidently. Let's open to Psalm 27. Psalm 27, 13 through 14. Why can I be confident? We sort of talked about that already. Why I can be confident? Because of the promise. Right. I am I'm still confident of this. Do you want to see the goodness of the Lord? You want to be good the Lord, you want the Lord to be good to you? Yes. So you want to wait, right? That's what Lamentation says. He's good to those who wait upon him. But we don't want to wait. <laughs> we don't want to wait. We but we want to be good to us. You want to see the goodness of the Lord? Yes. So you want to be good to you, and you want to see the goodness of the Lord? What does you say here? I am still confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living as I wait for the Lord. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart. Take courage and wait for the Lord. The Lord will be good to you as you wait. That's his promise to us. We can be confident. Okay? So we're confident. We can have a confident attitude. We're on his path. He's going to work it out. He's going to reveal himself. He's going to accomplish his purpose for us. We can be confident that we'll see his goodness. So an attitude of confidence, right? When, when everybody's asking me, what are you going to do? You haven't gotten into medical school. Come on, what's going on? Get moving. Get some action. Yes, I was doing the next step, you know, preparing, studying, doing all these things. But... Um, I had confidence in the Lord. The next thing, we talked about the O. What do you think the O is? It sort of goes hand in hand. Right. We have an obedient attitude. Whatever the Lord asks us to do, we wait obediently. Whatever He's asking. Again, it might be something totally separate from the issue at hand, but we wait with an obedient attitude. Why is obedience so important? Uh, Mark's microwave scenario, you can you put stuff in the microwave to try and turn it on, but if God's telling you to change the fuse, it doesn't matter what your actions are. Done one. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So o- obedience, remember the big picture is after our heart. So I'm not obeying God telling me, you know what, you need to marry Gina. That's the one I've chosen for you. And so I've 
there's no obedience in my life. When I'm disobeying God, what happens when, we, when we're in disobedience? What happens to our confidence before the Lord? Or communion. Our communion. Everything's thrown off, right? Mm-hmm. If we're living in disobedience, it's going to be hard to be confident. Because right. yeah. I'm like, uh-oh, what's, my, what's the repercussions here? I'm disobeying the Lord. You know, what's my disciplinary action? So it's very important that we live with an obedient spirit. Um, so I'm I, I, I yeah. had trouble with that part because when I grew up till I don't know, several years ago, be, when you're in an abusive environment and when you're unlike others, you're always wrong. So if you study like, you know, people who, you know, had profound abuse, so it, it, it makes it difficult because when as a child up until I got to an adult, it was always my fault, and that mm-hmm. became my go-to. So that's where I personally have difficult time when somebody blames me because I'm like, yeah, you're right, it's my fault, because that's what I would do with my mom and dad mm-hmm. and my sisters and brother because that's what helped me survive. And then I got into a church, and then I married him, and then his family, and I was like, yeah, you're right, I'm wrong, I'm wrong, I'm wrong, mm-hmm. until, of course, I started to um, get into recovery. Mm-hmm. where I had a healthy support where I thought, oh, you know, they're just attacking me. Mm-hmm. So that's where I have trouble. I have a lot of agony because I have all these neuro pathways that mm-hmm. go to... So when something goes wrong, because, you know, God is working, then I just feel like agony because... So I'm sure there's probably at least half of this class who's had some experience mm-hmm. where... You know, I don't know if I'm talking like Chinese, but um, <laughs> that's where, you know, that's where a lot of people, that's where when you have people come into this church that have been abused, mm-hmm. it, I've had to have support in order to be in this church. Mm-hmm. Because when I talk to people, they have no clue what it's like to feel um, mm-hmm. oppressed. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, you know, from a baby's point of view. Mm-hmm. So that's where I feel completely alone mm-hmm. in this church. Mm-hmm. You know, because most people, um, right? And I, I mean, there is, you know, I've talked to Alicia before, mm-hmm. right? You have had, and so do you have that issue? Somewhat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's there are times when we will feel very alone, and people don't understand or can't resonate with us, and mm-hmm. it has to be the Lord. Obviously, what we're talking about, the Lord knows, and the and the Lord allowed it. That's true. That's really hard. I mean, my younger sister, this is again getting a little off topic, somebody broke into our house and, and sexually molested her. Mm-hmm. And how to process that mm-hmm. is with God's goodness. Mm-hmm. It's very difficult. Mm-hmm. And, you know, all I can say is God is God and He's yeah. sovereign and He can work through the most horrendous situations and bring about good from it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there's some difficult times. It's not without hurt and heartache and pain. Mm-hmm. Um, so it happens. And some of these things we may not understand, but we understand the God behind it who's allowed it. And he's good and he's loving and we know it at the cross. You know, We know it at the cross. Mm-hmm. So that's the only thing I can say is we have to process everything from God. saying, well, I, I always feel like I'm doing something wrong. It's always my fault in that way. So how do I know I'm acting obediently? Yes. I'm always feeling. But I think that's a great tool that Satan uses to have this general guilt. You're wrong. You're always wrong. God 
is very different. That's right. If you're feeling this, I'm always wrong, it's the guilt thing, that's Satan, call him out, you have nothing to do with it. That's right. God is gentle, loving, and he'll pinpoint something very specific, and you'll be in your word and you say, yes, God, that's me, and I have to deal with this in your power. Amen. Very specific, very loving, general guilt. I'm it's not shame. Yeah, right? Not it's at all. True. It's a, thank you. Um, so, a conviction, but it, shame comes only from Satan. So if you're feeling shame, good, right? that's from the father right. of lies. Yeah, I got to undo that. Amy just, <laughs> yeah. 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 thank you. He doesn't write to you. So the obedience that you need to respond to is those specific, you're in the word and you're like, yeah, I can see I'm being selfish in this situation, but it's a loving, specific, and you will know in agreement with God that that's what he's talking about. Mm -hmm. So I'll end with this. Um, It's from Isaiah. So what are we supposed to do? What is the action of our heart? What's the attitude? Obediently, good. You guys, fantastic stuff. So this is what it says in Isaiah 26, um, 8. It says, Yes, Lord, walking in the way of your laws, we wait for you. And then he says, Your name and renown are the desires of our heart. Okay, so did you get that? So walking in your ways, so when we're waiting... The path of the righteous is level, O upright one, you make the way of the righteous smooth. Yes, the... Yes, Lord, walking in the way of your laws, we wait for you. Well, we're waiting, we're walking in his ways. Okay? Everybody got that? Walking in, while we're waiting, we're walking in the ways of the Lord. And it all goes back to this. He says it again. Yes, he says, your name and renown are the desires of our heart. Your name, your renown. So, um, we'll pick this up next. Can you tell us what the P-E-S is? <laughs> <laughs> I, the, I can tell you. I can tell you. So I can put it on, the, on Facebook too. P is peacefully, without oh. worry. Do not fret. <coughs> From Psalm 37, do not fret. Don't get, ang- <laughs> don't get angry. It only leads to evil. But, um, so another thing, if we're losing our peace during the waiting process... We're losing our peace during the waiting process because that's going to be the next thing we talk about. We have to go back here. Look at your actions. If I'm in the waiting process, if I'm angry, I'm anxious, what's going on? Well, are you seeking? Are you trusting? Are you obeying? Are you remaining put? Are you manipulating? Are you expressing thanks? I guarantee you, you do this, you're going to have peace. It's his word. His promise. No matter how small or how big the decisions or what's going on, we go back to these actions. So it's peace. You know what the E is? Expectantly. Do you know what the S is? Silently. Okay. So we'll talk about those next go around. But so we're not going to be back. I'm on call next weekend. We're deciding. Rick and I are deciding what the best next step is. Let me know if we'll have a discussion type time or if you're going to be around you might be gone too so um and then 29th we don't meet so it'll be the new year okay and the new year um you know we're going to continue on course here but i really i was talking to james james and john are our wednesday night group now so the new year we're going to have another um perhaps we'll have couples right anybody Anybody, but Wednesday night we'll be meeting and discussing. And 
Um, in the room grease, the classroom grease. So, <clears throat> but really, the more I, I walk with the Lord, study, it boils down to life, boils down to love, and it's all about Him. If we can get those two things situated in our heart and our mind, that my life is about Him, him loving me and lo- me loving through, letting me letting him love through me. So, really, um, probably a lot of. I don't. We haven't we haven't gone in a direction for Wednesday night, but I think love will be a big focus. It's the key. Um, all right. I'll close this in prayer. Thanks for your great discussion. Um, again, if you have any questions, always stop me. Go through the scriptures. Correct me if I'm in error in any way. Heavenly Father, we are grateful that you pursue us persistently despite our weakness, our tendency to stray and get worried and fret and angry, Lord. Thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you that you are such a loving Father. You never give up on us. Lord, I pray that you would take our submitted hearts, our surrendered hearts, Use them to bring you glory. Give us the strength, the courage, the faith to go through whatever you have in store for us. That your name would be held in the highest, Lord, and that we would receive the joy of intimate fellowship with you, that peace, that confidence that comes from knowing you're with us. It's in your name we pray. Amen. All right. I have a question. Yes.